I'm here to talk about the uh, Classics 4 of the Wichita Symphony Orchestra. Uh, and the soloist for this program, for this pair of concerts, is Kirill Gerstein, a wonderful pianist who at the age of 13 appeared in Wichita playing jazz and just came back two years ago and was featured on the Mendelssohn Piano Concerto No. 1. It was a sensational performance, very, very exciting. And he's back to perform not one but two uh, piano concertos in the same program. The original band version of uh, Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, uh, so that it's with the piano and the band uh, sort of encircling it. Uh, interesting how that work itself is so popular, it's probably the most played uh, American work uh, today. Um, we all hear it on United Airlines, of course, but there are actually three versions. There's the original band version, written in 1924, a theatre version written in 1926, and then the uh, Ferdi Grofet orchestrated it in the early 40s, 1941, I believe, and that's the one that we're so familiar with. What's interesting about Rhapsody in Blue is that he uses a banjo as part of the uh, orchestral um, uh, instrumentation and three saxophones, of course, but it was a really unique uh, instrumentation that was used and it's not often performed, so we're very excited to have that uh, on our program. Paired with none other than Ravel's Piano Concerto in G, and we know the famous story where uh, Ravel, uh, Gershwin came to Ravel and asked him, Mr. Ravel, you know, um, how, how do you, can you give me some pointers on, on, on composition? Because, you know, he was very well known. And in, in return, Mr. Ravel said, well, Mr. Gershwin, how much do you, you earn in, in a year? Over $100,000. He says, no, you are the one I should be coming to to ask for advice. So it's a famous line. And so it's, it's nice that both, both Gershwin and Ravel uh, borrowed, were influenced by each other. Ravel, obviously, in his concerto, takes on many jazz elements uh, in, his, in his music and in turn Gershwin was influenced by the wonderful impressionistic writing of, of, of Maurice Ravel. That's in one half of the program and in the, that's in the second half of the program. In the first half of the program we're going to be treated to uh, the live uh, full, um, full version, I say that because we're doing the Gershwin Rhapsody uh, original version, but the instrumentation that was written by Stravinsky, when in 1913 he wrote the Rite of Spring uh, for the Sergei de Argelif and the Ballet Russe in Paris. Uh, for um, close to 20 years, the Ballet Russe uh, was responsible for many of the great works of the 20th century through uh, de Argelif, who was the impresario, entrepreneur that had this amazing ballet company uh, in Paris. Many stories of just how catastrophic that first performance was. Um, we know that Stravinsky was escorted out the back door along with the Aglif because there was such a, 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 a riot in the hall because of the pounding rhythms, the, the music, the, the opening bassoon. I mean, there were many famous composers there. Sanson, I believe, was in the audience as well. And he said, what is, what is he doing to the bassoon, making it sound like a, 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 something like a screeching bird or something like that, and it's so high up. Stravinsky knew what he was doing, of course, and this was an amazing uh, feat of instrumentation, orchestration. There are 108 musicians on, on, on the stage. It's quite something to be in the audience to hear it live. A little bit like going to hear a live performance of Mahler 8, where 
just to be there, it's, it's, it's impressive to, to have the opportunity of hearing the orchestra play it live. And even now, nearly 100 years later, well, you know, 95 years later, it still creates a controversy. And um, I think people are either afraid of it or don't understand it. I remember an instance when several years ago I was, I was doing a young people's concert. We'd just performed the Rite of Spring with the Toledo Symphony, and I was a young I'm an associate conductor, I, do, I wanted to conduct so desperately the Rite of Spring. So I managed to uh, convince the, um, my superiors that I just wanted to do a, a, just a little portion of the Rite of Spring, the, the final adoration, the, the, the part of the end was very tricky. And I remember we had three young people's concerts to do that day. And we were out in Bryan, Ohio. And the first thing I did was I opened with just a four-minute segment for the Rite of Spring, and we finished it, and there was just a stunned silence, and they didn't know what to react. They thought, what was that? <laughs> and I, I immediately cut it from the rest of the program after that. We did some repeats. It just had no place being there. It just needs, it needs explanation. It needs nurturing. You need to really explain that to young kids. So it's a, sort of like coming along and playing heavy metal to a, to somebody that's never heard of it before, it's, it's kind of a little shocking at first. Now, you're performing the original orchestration? Or? Well, I know that, yes, well, in 1913, I mean, when Stravinsky left Russia, there are several accounts, you know, he, he was, he lived out of Russia, and, and, and he had to re, rewrite some, some of the pieces, and from his memory, I mean, so you yeah, have, Varying editions now. I mean, the Firebird, for example, mm -hmm. uh, is another one. So, uh, but this is the, the version that's usually used live. So, we hope that you'll come and enjoy it. I mean, it's uh, 35 minutes long. It's called The Rite of Spring by Stravinsky, and we hope that we'll see you in the hall.